you can't simply go down to the hardware store and buy a box labeled Air Barrier. This is 7 Minutes of BS. Building science with a beat. I'm Dan Morrison, editor of Pro Tradecraft. An air barrier is a layer in the enclosure that stops the air movement from the interior to the exterior. And that is Jonathan Smeagol of RDH Building Science Laboratories. And it often requires many components that you need to purchase and put together to make a durable, continuous air barrier system. In a nutshell, this is exactly why the concept of an air barrier is so foggy among trade contractors. A lot of people talk about it as if it were a single thing, like a breaker panel or a driveway. In fact, it's a system of parts and connections working together to get a job done. To design it though, you need to define which layer is the primary control layer. The air control layer is the layer in the enclosure that is responsible for stopping the infiltration or exfiltration of air through the enclosure. But that critical layer must also attach to other layers in other assemblies. In most construction, it is not a single material responsible for stopping all of the airflow all by itself. It is a system of materials often referred to as an air barrier system. Because the walls connect to the floor and to the roof, and the floor connects to the foundation, and then windows and doors are punched into the walls. So all of the layers must be accounted for and connected. In general, an air barrier has some general requirements. The primary requirement for an air barrier is that it must be continuous. It has to actually cover the whole building and it cannot have a lot of holes in it. Or it would be more like an air screen. Ideally, the air barrier material should be strong or stiff to be able to handle most of the pressure drop across the enclosure. The pressures can be a result of wind, mechanical pressure, stack effect, and changes in pressure positive to negative. Air barriers also need to be durable, obviously. So that it lasts at least as long as the rest of the assembly that it is a part of. It also needs to be air impermeable. It must stop air. You can't just open a box at the lumberyard and try to blow through stuff. Jonathan says you could suffocate on a lot of stuff that won't pass an air barrier test. According to the International Energy Conservation Code, an air barrier material is one that allows less than 0.02 liters per square meter to move through it at 75 pascals of pressure. So, you should always check the specifications of any material you plan to use as an air barrier material because not every similar material may meet the air barrier requirement. It's not a case of tomato tomato, but it could be a case of whether or not your walls will rot. It's important to remember that air movement through the cavity brings with it moisture, and a lot more moisture than if the water vapor were to slowly diffuse through the layers of the enclosure. We talked about this in an earlier show about vapor permeance, and we think it's worth repeating. Moving air transports significantly more moisture than vapor diffusion. And we think it's worth repeating. Moving air transports significantly more moisture than vapor diffusion. Orders of magnitude more. Moving air transports significantly more moisture than vapor diffusion. A couple other reasons to control air movement through the enclosure are energy penalties and comfort issues. Hot and cold air leaks cause uncomfortable drafts that you actually have to pay extra for. As a segue into air barrier materials, let's tidy up the vapor discussion. There's often some confusion about vapor barriers, air barriers, and whether or not you need one or both. I will quickly say that you do not always need a vapor barrier in construction depending on the assembly and the climate zone. In many cold climates, Canada included, 
A polyethylene vapor barrier is used as the air control layer, and this requires significant effort into the detailing to make sure it is airtight. Plastic vapor barriers are only used in part of North America. However, air barriers are always a good idea in every climate zone. And air barrier systems are needed everywhere. They are made of many different materials that all have the characteristics of being continuous, strong or stiff, durable, and air impermeable. One of the oldest, most common types of air barrier materials is probably the sheet applied membrane, like a Tyvek or a Typar or WeatherMate Plus, or countless others by many different manufacturers. These were developed to replace and improve the air tightness of the building paper that was initially used to slow down the air coming through the enclosure. The old school stuff was felt paper and rosin paper. These sheet membranes require taping at all the joints and sealing to all the penetrations to be continuous. They also need to be attached to a rigid material, like wall sheathing at specific intervals determined by the manufacturer. These days there's fluid applied materials and self-adhered materials that become very strong and rigid when they're applied to the sheathing. Some paint-on membranes are used for window and door flashing, others are used as paint-on house wraps. One of the easiest things you can do is tape the seams in the wall sheathing with high quality flashing tape, even if you're adding house wrap or layers of rigid insulation over it. In some cases, structural wood sheathing itself or continuous board foam insulation are installed and all the joints are taped as the air control layer. Spray foam is another material that is an air barrier. It comes in a huge variety of permeability to vapor but it's a solid barrier to air move. The important thing to remember about all of these systems is that they can't be the air barrier without additional components and transitions between different parts of the building. They all need to work together to achieve a common goal. And making sure all the parts on all the components of the building are continuously attached together. To test a house for plumbing leaks, you can just walk around and look for water. To test a house for air leaks, you can't just look for the air because air is invisible. But if air is under pressure, you can measure how much is flowing. That's what blower door tests are for. For detached houses, it's usually very straightforward. You put a blower door in one of the exterior doors, follow the steps of a standard, including opening all interior doors, and you determine an air leakage value. Larger commercial buildings can be much more challenging to test because of the much larger volumes of space inside them, larger mechanical systems of penetrations, and oftentimes much leakier overhead doors. This will usually require multiple blower doors, and in some cases, the mechanical system of the building can be used to help pressurize the building. It should not be a surprise that big buildings are harder to test for air tightness than little buildings. They are also harder to make air tight. But one thing they have in common is that the easiest time to make a building airtight is before the interior and exterior finishes go up. When you could see the air barrier system and the structure, and you're still able to actually fix the problem. Fix the cheap stuff before you install the expensive stuff. When we design enclosures, we like to make both sides of the enclosure as airtight as reasonably possible, keeping in mind that there should only be one air barrier specified in the enclosure for clarity during design and construction. Other layers may be referred to as a wind washing barrier or a convective barrier, but these are designed to take much less air pressure. So, it is okay to wear a belt and suspenders as long as you label them as such and point out which one is the primary strategy for the prevention of plumber butt. Speaking of plumber butt, remember, you get paid for what you do and what you know. And one thing you can do to know more is subscribe to this podcast through Apple, Google, or SoundCloud. And when you do, give us a big thumbs up and a positive review. It'll help us get found in their algorithms. 
I want to thank RDH Building Science for providing engineers and adult supervision in these podcasts. Seven Minutes of BS is a production of the SGC Horizon Media Network.